not a vegan. Look, man, I'm really proud of you. Cause going vegan is not something that I could do. You make it seem so simple as if I could choose. <laughs> it's just pathetic. Like the shit is not in my genetics. To pick some chicken and steak over some lettuce. I'm addicted like a dope fiend. How the fuck else I'm supposed to get my protein? Can't eat a cheeseburger in peace? Can't have no bacon, no cheese? And you really trying to take that from me? Pun intended, you don't want this beef. Gotta be conscious of everything we eat now. Think of cancer every time I think of meat now. Shit is exhausting and a hassle. I'd rather die in a white castle. Chef, I'm out of steaks. What the fuck? We got the 86. It's gonna take me like 10 minutes. We don't 86 if there's product in the house. Sorry, sir. Uh, chef, that'll be uh, 15 minutes. Heard. Thank you. Make it faster. Sorry about that, Chef. I needed that shit yesterday. <laughs> anyway, this is your host, Johnny Tsunami. And across from me is my co ho, co ho Salmon in the house, Bobby Stills. Sick, sick. How you doing today, Bobby? I'm good. Who else is it? Uh, we got our super producer, Queef. <laughs> in the house on the ones and twos with that, say, su- that sushi hoodie that sushi hoodie want to say what's up yo <laughs> every every week <laughs> yo yo uh, soy today on episode 89 of grill how long steak mister uh we are gonna touch on some interesting topics about what's going on in today's world i like touching you like touching yeah really? i think we have to cut out the touching uh we don't need any complaints robbie's already in thin ice with all the racism <laughs> <laughs> true but speaking of touching um just recently an article appeared on eater and on new york times and i think la times as well about a well-known renowned chef who likes to wear uh crocs of the naranja color <laughs> and if you don't know what that means orange i thought keith was the risotto god but this dude is definitely he is definitely the, the risotto, risotto god. god uh mario batali is now under hot fire flame hot spitter fire. so um i guess just recently some allegations have popped up about him and sexual um misconduct I guess I could say I don't like using the sexual assault term because it just I don't I don't know it makes me feel weird. So I don't know if some of you listen to the show. I've been longtime fans of the show, which I'm assuming all of you are. You know, once you get one taste, you just come back I'm like a I'm like a great crack dealer. You know, you know I got it's that. like once you go black. You. <laughs> <laughs> I better shut up. Uh, but I actually spoke about. I don't remember if I actually spoke about when all the stuff happened with. Donald Trump, and we covered sexual harassment, misconduct in the kitchen. Uh, we did part one mm-hmm. with me and you, and then we brought... Part two with Amye. Yeah, Chef Amy. Shout out to Chef Amy. She's not feeling too well. But Love you. I talked to her. She says she's feeling good. She says she can't wait to hear the episode, but uh, Amy, feel better, and we will have on the, all you on the show soon. And then Ellie, Chef Ellie, who mm-hmm. has since become head... Uh, what's her What's her new title? Uh, she is the lady in charge at Canada. Just a can then, or I thought she's all the, all the places. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know 
what all is going on. So, like, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. And I know she's in charge there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I told a story about a very powerful chef at a pretty popular restaurant here in Seattle that was, uh, they were working with some friends and they were sexually harassing. And they got shuffled. And saying really creepy things to, um, about, some of the female employees there, either in the back of the house or the front of the house. Mm. And at the time, I didn't want to say who it was because, um, you know, uh, if that week's episode came out and you, and I said the person's name, you would actually be able to track it down and figure out where he was because it was posted where when yeah. Mario Batali was in mm-hmm. town. But the person, the chef I was actually talking about was Mario Batali. Oh, oh. And... What happened is, is I'm still not going to say the restaurant or who the chef he was here with or what he was doing in town. So what basically happened was, um, and my problem was, and what we spoke about on that episode of the show was, he was there and every time a female, either line cook or a server would walk by, he would whisper or say something to the group of guys he was hanging out with. He was drinking a lot. He was drinking a lot of wine. And he would say something like, which one of you guys is fucking her? Or, um, oh, you know, that those sweet buns. I could handle those really well. Or some snide comment wow. like that. And he would just laugh with this big, boisterous laugh. And everybody would laugh along with him. Mm-hmm. Now, my friend, who, very good friend, who was there and is you know a big dog in his own right um we i spoke with him about it and he that's the issue that came up with this sexual misconduct misconduct in the restaurant industry is what is what are you supposed to say what was he supposed to say to mario batali his boss is there who is friends with mario batali Mm -hmm. and even though you don't condone that type of action even though it's it's not funny or maybe you do think it's funny and maybe you know that is supposedly locker room talk it's still inappropriate in a workplace it's and that's true and i totally agree um, so what are you supposed to say to that person? This is Mario Batali. Well, he see, has numerous restaurants. He's on television. Has He's a bestseller uh, when it comes to cookbooks. What are you supposed to say? But are the, you going to risk your whole entire career yeah, going up no, against no, him? No, no, totally. Fuck that shit. Like, it's, you, you would, Johnny? Yes, I you've would. Worked, t- you've worked your way up all the way up the ladder. You have a child. You have a family. Yeah. And you worked all these years for the same company. And you've worked your way up. And you're going to risk your job to go against some piece of shit fat motherfucker who fucking obviously is not getting fucked or fucking is a fucking pervert. He's leaving. He's not going to come back. You yeah, know, that's what, totally what a, are you gonna do? You're gonna stand up to him to what you look like a fucking awesome dude. So there's there's two options actually. So you can either stand up to him and look like a you know a hero, I guess you could say, I'm or a you, hero. but you can either you can also remove yourself from the situation. You exactly. can be like, I don't want to be here, and it doesn't make you any less of a man or a person if you leave the situation or if you or more of a man if you go up and talk to him but at a certain point especially in this day and age that'd be the boss shit to walk up to him personally and pull him aside and be like hey yeah, that's, I mean, my, co- that's my coworker I don't appreciate I don't appreciate you language talking you're using like that that'd be the boss move and if he you still says, might lose your and job he, and he might say move. some snide stuff and he, you know you might lose your job and that's the way that it is and obviously that's an organization that you don't want to work for and you need to find some place that's better for you but at this at, like at a certain point you can't just let somebody who has that much clout talk like that just because he has clout like who the fuck cares who he is you know that person came out of a woman and i know for sure he doesn't talk to his mom like that so we all came from a woman got our name from from a a woman woman, you know (laughs) but anyway like 
that that shit's just unacceptable in this day and age. And obviously, it's proven that it's unacceptable now because people are coming out hardcore and people are going down like major ass people. And every day, it's a reckoning. A reckoning. It's a reckoning. People or an awakening. And an awakening. I mean, the the Awaken. one of the Awaken. hosts from America's Great Baking Show or whatever. You watch that show? I don't. But uh, you, you see, Iunichi. Iunichi, yeah, something like that. Like he just. I got forgot to. I forgot to text my girlfriend and her and her mom. They uh, they repped that show hard. So yeah, well, they canceled that show. Damn, on Netflix, I never got a chance to watch. Well, the new so no, NBC canceled it, and they and they. Oh, put it's not the Great British Baking Show. No, it's the American version. Oh, so um, I know they were repping the British one hard. But no, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't bake. It's it's crazy, and you know, like, and I and I'm totally for it. Like these <laughs> these people need to understand that it's not the same industry that it was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, where you can walk around like you know stretch your stuff and be a big man on campus and stuff like that. You have to have respect for people and treat people like you know. I mean. With all this craziness that's going on with uh, with gender roles now. Oh, that's that's tough for me. You know, and it's tough for me, too. And I'm still learning about it. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, you can do you, but I don't need you to, like, push, you know, all this stuff well, on me. Well, when it comes to that right there. So I work in uh, I work in my job with somebody who is um, transgender. Yeah. And I still have a hard time. And I make the mistake all the time of the pronouns mm -hmm. of how to say the person's name. Uh, or you know address the person and also on top of that um, they're transitioning yeah. and that's really really hard it's for hard. somebody in their life uh, the things you have to do with and I'll never understand that and I, like and personally because you know I'm not going through it so I don't really know how to deal with it and it, I'm sure try to be understanding and I'm sure it's harder as an adult to do that sort of thing because you don't have a, a, a bunch of extra time to get used to the situation that you're in like I know a lot of these kids right now that are doing this stuff and I mean, I think it's great because now they have so much time in between them from being children to them being adults to accept themselves and to make sure that they can, you know, function normally in today's society. I don't, I don't, I mean, I wonder how many, not to shit on anybody on the East Coast or down South or anything like that, but I wonder what, how transgender people get treated in, uh, in the restaurant industry in some of those parts of the United States. You probably don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I know that we here we stick up for them if anybody gets more, more than women though, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> this is getting, getting all right. Me. This is going off Dude, the fucking rails. We're gonna go back to food now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so yeah. <laughs> no, Keith, you can't do that, man. You can't just interrupt us in the middle of the thing when we're talking about something. Like it all ties in. Like uh, misconduct in the kitchen is not just it's not just about women. It, you know, it happens with black people and, you know, and we'll get back to it. Understand what you're saying. It happens with Latinos. It happens with anybody who's, you know, yeah. not no, normal in quotations. So anyway, so Mario Batali is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He's getting, he actually stepped down from all of his organizations. Um, I think he had multiple sponsorships pulled. His shows have been pulled. Um, no I, more free cocks, free yeah, cocks I think, for life. I think a restaurant closed down. Um, so he, we were just talking about Italy, right? Yeah. And he, he's going down and, you know, and, and good riddance, you know, I guess yeah, <laughs> fat piece of shit. Um, I, I never liked him. You can't trust a man that wears Crocs. You can't trust a man that wears orange Crocs though. T Tuna used to wear orange Crocs. And you can't trust his ass. <laughs> How many times has he not shown up? 
right? <laughs> he, hey, he just got congratulations to Tuna. He just got an executive, like a, I know, a little an executive, a bottle and bulls new, new place. Restaurant. Yeah. Be, oh, you want to uh, bottle and bowl? No, they're opening up a new restaurant in Kirkland. In Kirkland, and he's going to be uh, helping run the kitchen, I guess. So yeah. shout out to uh, Big Tuna, also known as Michael Kenyanyan. Kenyanyan? The Big Tunes. <laughs> uh, Chad is a decent guy to work for. Awesome. Well, that's good. I'm excited shout to see what shout he does. Out Chad. He's been getting shit on for a while, so hopefully he can, like, you Yeah, know. hopefully he learned from his experience at his last job, and he takes that in and is more understanding to some people below him. It yeah. doesn't treat them like he's been treated. Exactly. Um, but on to some more um, fun and exciting news, I guess, for some Seattle locals and other people across the country who follow, follow um, Seattle chefs. Uh, Renee Erickson, uh, most known for her, I think, what's it called? Sea Creature is her company's name for all of her restaurants. She runs Walrus and the Carpenter, um, Whale Winds, Bateau, Barmelazine, and General Porpoise. Barmelazine's the only one I haven't been to. Where's that one at? It's literally next to Bateau. It's the bar next to Bateau. That's why I haven't been there. Yeah. That place is, I don't like the look of that place. It's, it's, I'm not really a big fan of the way Bateau looks. Uh, t you know, it's it's interesting, but I guess they, they do their thing, and I'm excited. You know, Bateau won, uh, like, Best New Steakhouse in America or something like that this year, and she's doing some really cool things. on. In October, she actually... Um, featured an oyster called Lil Moons. Um, that's a Pacific oyster that she had basically created um, specifically to be sold at Barmelazine and created. Yeah, so she she basically crossbred some oysters. Crossbred some oysters and had um, some local farmers or some local oyster farmers who are best known for treasure coves. Um, help her create these bullshit. create these Pacific oysters that are um, more natural than farmed oysters, so they're they're raised on the 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 beach the beach bed. They're out in the wild, basically, not um, kept not, in bags. Not farmed, and, yeah, not farmed, not rolled, not kept in you know little confined spaces. And she featured them. Supposedly, they have a really good meaty texture, and they taste really, really, really briny like the ocean. And it's and it's super cool. But she's opening up a general purpose in L.A., um, so that's pretty exciting. Should be opening. Up and about. I think it's the Palisades neighborhood or something like that it's called. Pacific Palisades? Pacific Palisades, yeah. And um, it should be opening this upcoming year, 2018. Uh, no official date is out yet. Well, congratulations to Renee Erickson for moving uh, that general purpose down to... I've got to say, L.A. has to have plenty of fancy... Uh, it does. L.A. has to have pl plenty of fancy... Um, donut shops, don't they? Yeah, but it doesn't have the the clout that she has since she won best donut in America. Right. Seattle for, represent Pacific Northwest stand up purpose. upper left coast. Shout out all day. We are better than you. Uh, yeah, when it opened, um, that that line was crazy. I'm like, uh, it's just a donut. Well, um, Keith had a, a Keith just recently was down in Los Angeles. He wanted to tell us about a, a specific place that part of his family ate at. Keith. Part of my family. You, you let your your kids eat there, right? No, they weren't with me. <laughs> it's like I hate those guys. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't land. I, know. I was trying. I thought you maybe your family was down there with you, or you had an animal with you, or something. But no, nah, man, we were at the. Uh, what were you? Oh, oh, okay. We're, we were at the Ritz Carlton for work. We were staying oh, at the okay. Ritz Carlton. Big conference, fancy shit. Uh, but the food there was fucking really subpar. But the craziest shit was, right, they had a fucking... You were staying at the Ritz-Carlton? Yeah. 
Soundcasting Network budget? Not our budget. Somebody else's budget. Oh, somebody else's dime. <laughs> see how it is. Big baller. So what happened down here? Look up soundcastingnetwork.com. Plenty of other uh, fancy shows. Um, yeah, glow up. Stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm looking through the menu. We get there for lunch, and they've got a fucking pet menu. Oh, for animals? For your animals. For your pets. Animals. 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 And the thing was, man, a lot of these <laughs> dishes, like, this is shit that you would feed people. Uh, Bow Wow Tenderloin, a hearty meal of beef with eggs and rice. Ooh. Dog bone meatloaf, ground sirloin, sautéed with carrot, celery, potato, broccoli, and cauliflower. Okay, okay. Puppy love, chopped chicken breast with rice mixed with yogurt. And Kitty Salmon Supreme, a fresh fillet of grilled salmon. Kitty Salmon Supreme. Well, you know, 20, $20 entrees for your pets. That's crazy. I mean, I guess if you're at the Ritz-Carlton, you can afford that. I guess so, man, but that shit was weird. Yeah, that sounds... People in L.A. are funky. Weird as hell, dude. Like, they have all these weird niche scenes that going down there, and it's just like, people are into it. Why not? It's your general purpose. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can really um, capitalize on the money down there by just throwing out some dumb shit, and rich white people are going to eat that shit up. Good holiday, mister. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I burnt it. I Where's that 15 minute mid rare? <laughs> I over I overcooked it. I had to refine it. It's gonna be uh, a, it's gonna be about eight out. Eight out. Well, you know what? You need to get step your game up, wake your game up, figure out that recipe. <laughs> He's so dumb. Robbie's sick out here today, so. I mean, I've been a dude. I carry I carry a fat pocket full of meds. Ugh. Like like being sick does not stop. Stop work. Nope. You got to uh, keep on grinding. Especially where I'm at and especially when everybody's sick all the time. It's just that season right now. It so is. It is. I'm um, still in there busting my ass. It's cold out here in these streets. <laughs> cold in the D? In the D. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so cold. Anyway, so. Shrinkage. <laughs> major shrinkage. So I came across an article earlier today. You always become across articles. I do. Well, because, you know, I like to, to keep up on my interwebs. <laughs> you know, net neutrality is fitting to hit soon, so might as well get as much internet yo, in as Washington, I can. Hey, yo, Washington, uh, yo. We ain't about that shit. No, nah, Washington's not about that shit. Jay Inslee is not going to let that net neutrality happen. Either your company is down with net neutrality or you get the fuck out of Washington. Uh, that's the state, not the um, district. Uh, of Columbia. Yeah, of Columbia. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, call your local uh, representative, call your governor, call your mayor, call them up, let them know this shit is not cool. We got to get this shit, like, back in action. What, what, yeah, because our porn. I mean, I don't watch porn. <laughs> anyway, so I came across this article on Eater today, and it was super cool because one of the books on it was something I've been um, learning about and wanting to purchase myself. So it has 15 cookbooks to put on your wish list, and, you know, we're getting close to Christmas time. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Um, so Jingle bells swing and jingle bells <laughs> so yeah it's something to think about you know I, I, I know a lot of um, my family members always ask me what I want for Christmas uh, not this year they're kind of like nobody gets gifts this year but um, why so cold in the because day? we have so many kids in the family now oh they all get the they all get the gifts so we just get to hang out and be cool and married another reason not to have kids <laughs> you get forgotten about but yeah so they had some pretty good books on this list I'm just going to read off a few that like really popped out to me um, and that I'm excited about and may even go purchase myself which is 
Um, interesting tidbit. Uh, this upcoming tax season may or may not have the stipulation of where you cannot um, write off things that you purchase as um, work equipment. Why? As tax deductible because of the, the, the new tax law that Trump's trying to pass. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, so it's really it's supposedly affecting teachers and whatnot. Um, so, like, if you bought a cookbook, you could not deduct that for supposedly your taxes. Supposedly, with this new tax law, he's saying that you can't deduct a cookbook or you can't deduct a knife, um, even if it's your money. But yeah. It. So, "Feed the Resistance" is by Julia Tertian, Um and all the proceeds for this book are going to the ACLU to support. Um, Polit politics and activism, which is pretty cool. Um, and I don't know much about what's going on in the book, but I think it all has to correlate with different recipes and interesting things that are happening with, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, people who are being Oh, fucked by the man. Fucked by the man. Exactly. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. So that book's only on is only ten dollars and six cents on Amazon. That's pretty lit it's for a cookbook. That's a cookbook. Yeah. Um, Smitten Kitchen every day is coming out. The Smitten Kitchen. The Smitten Kitchen. First of all, you need to change the name of your fucking title of your cookbook. <laughs> Who is this? Well, she's Deb uh, Perlman. Perlman. Uh, she's a blogger. Deb Perlman. No, it's P-E-R-E-L-M-A-N. Okay. Um, yeah, and so she is known for blogging uh, tasty recipes that are for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all for celebrations, snacks in between. Um, and she's always testing out new recipes, and that's what she does. Is she tests out a recipe, and she'll put it on her blog and have people try it out and see if, it, if it's popping. And if it is, she put it in the cookbook that she has coming out, which is pretty awesome. Um, this next one is uh, one that's really, really exciting. It's one that I've been hearing about. Um, this girl who, this lady who worked at, I want to say Chez Panisse. Um, her name is Samin no Nosrat. Um, can't, is coming out with a book called Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat. And the reason why this is cool is because she was working at Chez Panisse where there was no recipe book and she was learning all about how you can balance food. And she really wanted to create a cookbook that would teach people who don't know much about cooking how to get into food and learn how to create beautiful dishes off, off the top of the head by using salt, fat, acid, and heat. Those are like the, the main staples of cooking and that's why she created this book. Um, it has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of clout right now and should be, um, you know, a, a major thing in the industry right now. So that one's $23 on Amazon. Buy that shit. Um, let's see what else. David Tannis is coming out with a book called Market Cooking, um, a central cooking <laughs> reference for those who go to the farmer's market and aren't sure what to do with uh, like watermelon relishes or chilies, hearty greens, um, or the any, you know, bounty of the summer or something like that. He's a new, um, He's a chef and a New York Times columnist, um, and he has an easy-to-reference guide fit for every season. So That sounds like a pretty good one. Yeah, you know, that sounds super good. <laughs> this one's just funny. Uh, L.A. Mexicano, 
author, television host, and journalist Bill Esparza is a champion of Mexico's diverse culinary heritage. In his debut cookbook, he shines a spotlight on the most essential Mexican cooks in Los Angeles today and the dishes that weave LA's cultural heritage together, which should be pretty cool because if we all know, everyone's like, LA has the dopest Latino food. <laughs> Every time you're like, oh, I had a taco. It's like, oh, have you had a taco at this taco shop in LA though? It's just lit. I don't, man, I, I don't, I'm really hard at judging, like, Latina folks, Latino folks. I just think it's all good. Right. You know, I mean, I go to a homie's house and their mom whips up the best tortillas, you know, or has the best tamales. And I'm like, this is the best tamale I've ever had. And then <laughs> sure enough, somebody was like, you got to try the tamale at this place in L.A. <laughs> Speaking of people from L.A., I work with a, a Latino guy named Jesus, and he's super funny because he every time he says a, a, a word that derives from Spanish, he says it in an accent. So he's like, oh, yeah. So he's like, will you save that rice water so I can make the horchata? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, wait, wait, the what's, what, what's that? It was like the horchata, and he's like, oh, you want me to just say horchata? And he's yeah. like, oh yeah. And he's, I was like, you remind me of Aron Sanchez, and he's like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, he's like a chef and a television host of uh, Chopped, and he always speaks in perfect, you know, good English. etiquette English. And then he'll be like, so yeah, I really like the flavors that you got going on in here, and I really like, you know, the theme of the dish, but the tortilla <laughs> is uh is very delicious. It's like, we all understand you're Latino. <laughs> Your name is Aron Sanchez. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to go that far. So, <laughs> killing me. It's just funny, the things that happen in kitchens. Um, another book that's coming out is uh, called Sweet. It's a London-based chef, Yotem Oltongi. Uh, that's a really hard name to pronounce. Let me see this. Uh, Yodam Olatengo. <laughs> Adalengi. Adalengi or something well, like that. covered this person before. Um, is known for his unique vegetable forward cooking. In his newest cookbook uh, with pastry chef Helen Go, he applies um, his approach to confections, cakes, tarts, and cold desserts. Bakers will love the exacting... Extracting recipe instructions and daring, but darling flavor combinations. Uh, $21 on Amazonian. Um, oh, this next one. This next one is hot because uh, 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 I saw this one come out a few months ago and I was like, oh, this is sick. It's called The Cooking Gene. Um, author Michael Twitty has written a definitive memoir and history of black food in the American South. And it's a must read for curious diners in the U.S. and out. Study it and then pass it along and share the first person reporting cultural commentary and emotional expressive language. It's pretty interesting. The reason why this hit me so hard was because the restaurant I work for is a black cultural heritage restaurant. Um, so this is something that we are trying to get on our stands. So that one's $19 on Amazon, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty cheap, reasonable price. And you should definitely pick that one up if you wanna have some knowledge dropped. Good list, Johnny. Yeah. You know, I think that brings us to our ingredient of la semana. <laughs> this week in Spanish. In English. Oh, and, uh, ingredient of the week. Ingredient of the week. Which is? Keith, tell us. Pork belly. <laughs> pork belly. Pork belly. Do you want to explain about pork belly? Should we give them a? 
I mean, a little if, education. If people know what pork belly is now because it's like the thing. I mean, not everybody does. It's sometimes I mean, there's some people I talk to that like they've talked about the show. Oh, I smell like a valley girl. It's baby like, bacon. It's bacon that hasn't turned into bacon yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shreddable and it's edible. Well, sometimes people they'll say they listen to the show and they're like, I don't know what that ingredient is you're talking about. And I was like, maybe look it up. There's this thing called Google. <laughs> Google. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, pork belly. Johnny, do you want me to go first? You want to yeah, go first? Yeah, go first because you you had you were so excited about this ingredient of the week this week. Well, uh, so there's a new hire that I was working at. My uh, the reason why I thought about pork belly was because uh, he I make sandwiches at my work and had a stage come in and uh, did a good job. And he just asked me what my favorite sandwich was, and um, he I said on the menu. He said no, just kind of in general. What's your favorite? And I said, man, I really like a good pork belly sandwich. Um, and so when we came to the show tonight, they were talking about ingredient of the week and I said, pork belly. And there's a place me and Johnny used to work at, uh, had a really, really cool recipe. It's kind of hard to do, but it's amazing, 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 amazing recipe. Uh, and it's served cold. It's pork belly. It's served cold. It takes a lot of prep time, uh, but it's really, really easy. So basically you need a big slab of, of pork belly. Um, I would say probably what, uh, five pounds, Johnny. Maybe yeah. five pounds will work. For, a little excessive, but well, for your home, you know, if you're gonna go go do it, you might as well do it big, right? I guess so. So if you got like a party coming up or something like that, grab grab five pounds of pork belly, and you're gonna want to grab um, a big tub of uh, pork fat. And you're going to want to preheat your oven to about 400 degrees. And you're going to want to make sure that your pork belly, uh, you're going to score it. We didn't score it, did we? Uh, you, no, you don't have to score yeah. it. Yeah. So you just want to cover that uh, completely in pork fat. Mm-hmm. Comfy that shit. Yeah. And you're going to comfy that pork belly for about two hours, maybe an hour and a half to two yeah. hours. because uh, Not until it's completely... Yeah, you want to render all the fat in there. Make sure it doesn't over because pork is going to drip off that thing, and so it's going to fill it up. Uh, you might need to scoop some of it out, but you just want to be able to stick a cake tester uh, straight through the pork belly without any resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you stick it through there and it starts falling apart, you've overcooked it. Yeah. So you want to pull it out there. Be very, very careful. Save that pork fat, um, and then you're going to want to cool cool it in your fridge. Um, just let it. I would probably let it sit there for like. Then we press it. Yeah, we did press it. Um, so, yeah, you're going to put something on top. You don't need to, though. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, like Johnny said, you're probably going to want to put it uh, in between two pans and put some weight on it. That's right. We did. That sucked. It did. And I forgot to do it before, Remember too. doing that day of? Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Um, so, you're going to want to put some weight on it, press it down flat. Uh, once it's completely cooled for about two to three hours. Oh, my God. This is such a hard recipe. <laughs> Continue, though. Um you're going to want to slice it into thin strips, uh, not thin, I say half inch strips, mm-hmm. long ways. And then you're going to you're going to want to pan sear those. So pretty long, flat pan, really, really hot. You're going to sear both sides of that and then put it back in the put it back in the fridge and let it cool. So you have these long, crispy, golden brown pieces of pork belly. Now, those are great to just eat by themselves. Straight. Um, you could dip those in any kind of sauce you'd like. You can go Asian. You can go Southern. You can go any which way you want with that but what we did at one restaurant which i thought was ingenious and was great we made a caramel powder so you're gonna make a caramel with uh, sugar and water equal parts right Mm -hmm. no cream no cream 
equal parts sugar and water, and you're going to bring it up to a rapid boil, and you're going to pull it off the heat, and you're going to stir it right until it gets to be about the color of brick, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, a dark caramel. We went nice and hard. You're going to pour that on a, sl- a silt mat, and you're going to let it cool down. Once it cools, um, you're going to break that shit up, and you're going to toss it into a RoboCoup, not a Vitamix, not and, a blender. And why? Why would you do that? Uh, because if you put in a Vitamix or a blender, the bottom blade of that becomes too hot and it's going to melt your caramel. Preach. Uh, yes. And then it becomes a sugary mess at the bottom and it's very, very hard to clean. So you put in a RoboCoup and you're going to pulse it until it becomes a fine powder. You can do this in batches. Once it becomes a fine powder, you're going to take that. Do not use your fingers because your body heat will also melt that fine caramel dust. Mm. It's almost like a caramel dust, not even a pow-pow. It's like caramel meth. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it looks like meth too when you when you heat it up so then you're going to take that you're going to spoon it over your pork belly and then uh with a cold spoon not a hot spoon cold spoon and then you're going to sprinkle that heavily across those pieces of pork belly and then you're going to hit it with a blowtorch and caramelize that pork belly and then toss it off with some top it off with some nice uh fresh Mustard, uh, seed. mustard seeds. Yeah, and I feel like if you don't have a blowtorch, put your oven on broil. Make sure it gets nice and hot. Just don't burn it, man. Just, yeah, just toss it in there real quick and make sure you get it nice and hot. And then those are to be served cold. Yes. Cut them up. Cut them up. Sick and tired of people coming pieces. into the restaurant and being like, man, my no, rions are cold. This is cold. Yeah, and they're called rions. <laughs> Shout out Forrest Burton for that recipe. Brunton. Brunton. Yeah, he's doing some good shit, too. Sorry it was so long. Uh, if you want more details about that, you can hit us up, and uh, I'll actually send you the recipe. It's great. Good. Pork belly's bomb. It is. Um, I'm going to do a pork belly green chili stew. Which uh, is something that I really like to do. My my brother-in-law loves to make green chili stew, and it's probably one of my favorite things to have because you can eat it as is, or you can throw it over some rice, and it's it's always. If lit. this sounds good, I'm gonna serve this at my restaurant. Yeah. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna take a pork belly. Um, you're going to. This is the one that I will score. You're gonna score the top, um, just because I want to get that crispiness on the top. You're gonna sear that scored pork belly. So uh, fat side down, get it nice, 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 golden brown, um, GBD, as I like to say, golden brown and delicious. And then you're going to braise it. What do you call it? GBD. <laughs> I just call it, uh, so what is it, CGB? I don't know what that means. Um, crispy golden brown. Oh, crispy golden brown. Word. So, yeah, you want to get a CBG or whatever. And... Um, what you're going to do is you're going to put it into a hotel pan or a pan, and you're going to fill that pan halfway up with liquid. Um, I like to use a little bit of pork stock water mixture with hearty herbs, thyme, rosemary, maybe a little star anise, a couple clove, a little bit of juniper, and um, black pepper. It's airy. Yeah, and then you're going to braise that until it's nice and nice and tender because you're going to shred it. Um so after you get that nice and tender, you're going to take that pork belly out. You're going to cool it for a little bit. You're going to pull it. And then you're going to put that in a pan and get that sear because you want them crispy bits because that's the that's the lit part. So that's part one. Part two is the actual green chili sauce. So what you're going to need is one onion. Um, you're going to need one 10 ounce can of diced peppers with green chili peppers uh you can also get green chilies and tomatoes and roast them off yourself and do that if you want to be you know fancy fancy um one to one and a half cups of pork broth 
um, one four ounce canned chopped green chili peppers. So just straight up green chili peppers. I would prefer, preferably use poblano peppers fresh and do it myself. Roast those on an open flame. Get those. Fire roastable blonds. Yeah, fire roasted. Um, a teaspoon of garlic salt, a teaspoon of ground cumin, salt to taste, ground black pepper to taste, two large potatoes peeled and cubed. I would say in about like a quarter inch to a quarter inch. Um, or you could do an inch to inch, you know, whatever size you like. I like hearty stews and in mine. So what you're gonna do is in a large pot over medium heat, you're gonna heat the oil. Um, Stir in your onions and cook them till they're translucent. You're gonna pour in your diced tomatoes with chilies, your beef broth, your chili peppers, stir in the garlic, salt, and the cumin, um, because you wanna wake those spices up. Um, Salt and pepper to taste, and you gotta make sure you're always seasoning in layers so that dish comes out banging at the end. Levels. Levels to this shit. Um, You're gonna bring it to a boil, reduce the heat, and simmer for an hour. Add a little bit more beef broth or water if needed during simmering. You're gonna stir in the cubed potatoes in the mixture and simmer for another 30 minutes. Um, or until the potatoes are tender. Uh, after that, you're going to have this sauce mixture and you're going to have this super awesome charred pork belly on the side. You're going to marry them two bitches up and you're going to serve that over rice. A little bit of scallion, maybe a little bit of cilantro. I might even do some pickled corn on top of that shit. Litty. Yeah, I was thinking maybe some like seared pineapple too. Oh, piña? Yeah. See, see. <laughs> Keith, you got one for us, G? He's going to uh, go with a mashed potato. No. <laughs> I was going to go with a breakfast pork belly hash with egg. Oh, nice. That sounds delicious. Uh, day before, take your pork belly. want to rub uh, salt, pepper, star anise, cinnamon, brown sugar. Nice, thick, heavy rub on that thing. Throw it in the oven at 450 for like three, four hours. Just till it's nice and firm. You know, that the feel when it's done. That, that all sounds, I was going to say you should probably add like with that mixture since our breakfast you should add some maple syrup to it too. Uh, I was thinking about that, but I don't want to be too sweet. Okay. Mm. Right. Not too sweet. Uh, take it out of the oven, throw another sheet pan on top of it, press that bitch overnight, something heavy. Uh, next day. My dick. <laughs> uh, next day, take it out, cut it into like, I prefer like two to three inch wide strips. Oh, okay. Uh, and then just cut those into small, like, you know, quarter-inch slices off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself a nice little potato hash, potatoes, onions, peppers, maybe a little chili flake. Whatever's uh, in season, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, grind up your hash, take those pork bellies, fry them off in butter right mm. on the sauce. Uh, fat boy. Uh. <laughs> Five slices on a bed of hash, throw a nice fried egg on top. Oh, oh. I'm going to do mine OM. Damn, that sounds lit. I like that. That's so do I. I know. I'm like, I'm going to get pork belly tomorrow. The last time, the last time I, was, I was trying to make breakfast for my girl, well, not the last time, but one time I was trying and I, I wanted pork belly. I couldn't find any. Like at a grocery store or anything. No, you got to go to a butcher. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, but what butcher's the Saturday morning? Like I just want to go down to the market. You should hit me up. Go down to Columbia City with me and go to the butcher's. All day, all day, okay. every day. I need to find a place I can get like uh, pecorino and parmesan rinds. Just the rinds? Just the rinds. Just throw them in, uh, like in, a, in bolognese. Like, uh, oh yeah, we, we, we remember we made that. Uh, I bet you you could go to restaurants that are like super dumb and don't realize that you can use those rinds to make bombness and be like, hey, let me. Parmesan broth is lit. Brodo. Brodo, my dude. All day. That's what I'm saying. I need to find some place I can source that. So if you guys know of any place Keith can find some rinds where stupid people work at and they don't save those rinds, then uh, hit us up at grillhalonsteakmister at gmail.com. 
Um, yeah, and what's our uh, Instagram? It's going to be uh, at Grow, Grow How Long Steak Mister. Lit. And then our Twitter? It's going to be at How Long Steak Mister. Oh, that's the tricky one. Um, what about our Facebook? Facebook's going to be uh, uh, www.facebook.com backslash, backslash Grow How Long Steak Mister. Um, have we changed the picture on that yet? No, not yet. Um, we'll have to change it. Uh, you can hit me up uh, on Instagram at Bobby Stills. And shout out to a lot of you have been adding me. And I've been trying to look at your profiles. Make sure you're into that kitchen shit to add you back. Uh, Johnny, what's your Instagram? Uh, Johnny Toonami. It's not much food on there right now. Right now, it's just all. I don't put food on my shit, but it does be lit. If you follow my story, you can catch me front row at Jay Z. You can catch me front row at the that's Seahawks that's games. That's you can catch me out there doing all sorts of litness. Not trying to flex on nobody, but uh, flex. Humble brag. No flex zone. Uh, Keith, you got a you got an Instagram? You want to shout out? No. Uh, you can catch Keith all day. You can catch his Twitter hands or his Facebook fingers all day on uh, any of those uh, chefs groups we got because Keith will send fire to Yo, he's ass. out there shooting shots like <laughs> all day. That's the way he stays relevant in this industry because he ain't in history no more. But he knows enough to argue and Keith is a good arguer so I, I almost have a challenge. I challenge, yeah. I, I challenge, challenge somebody. Uh, I will give you a $100 Amazon gift card if you can outwit uh, Keith and actually shut him down and make him uh, back out of that. Even when you get there. serious with him, he still shuts you down. You're like, I'm trying to be serious right now and like... <laughs> He'll just tell you you're a fucktard. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you got any emails, like I said earlier, uh, GrowHollowSteakMister at gmail.com. Make sure to visit our parent company, which is uh, SoundcastingNetwork.com. Uh, we got a lot of other shows on there. You can check them out. Uh, one's about entrepreneurship, uh, tech. What else we got on there? Bartending shows. Oh, yeah. Shout out the boys in uh, video games. Yeah. Video games. EUD. All that stuff. And uh, we thank everybody for listening. And, um, yeah. Thanks. Peace. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs>